not there, that she was taking Adam to his nursery school parents' visiting day. It would be a horrible thing for her to witness. He could imagine the shock on her face, the outrage that would over time turn to devastation and, ultimately, acceptance. But he knew that he would have to face her eventually, and that it would be just as awful. He had let her down even before he knew her, let her down in a way that was horrible and unforgivable. So there are some who say we are in a war, and some who would not use that terminology, but it is certain that we are in a battle, a battle to reach our full potential as human beings. The good news is that the enemy is not hiding. He does not plant IEDs or shoot from a covered position. This is an enemy we know, one which we can and will control, because the enemy is ourselves. The applause was polite and restrained, which was to be expected. The platitudes he'd given them were nothing they hadn't heard for many years from many officials, and bitter experience had told everyone that actions would speak much louder than words. And over time, those actions had not spoken very loudly at all. Noah understood that, just as he understood that he would not be taking any more actions ever again. Noah smiled, turned, and left the stage. Out of the corners of his eyes he noticed the four men rise at the same time and move to where they would approach him. He walked to the right to meet two of them in a place that would be out of the sightline of the audience. Mr. Galloway, Special Agent Joseph Scarlett, Federal Bureau of Investigation. As the man talked, he took out and showed his identification to Noah, providing visual confirmation of his words. Noah didn't say anything but was conscious of the other two men coming up behind him to prevent him from trying to escape. Their presence wasn't necessary. Noah was not going to cause any trouble. Agent Scarlet proceeded to tell him that he was under arrest, and he read him his rights. Noah was only half listening. He was in a bit of a daze, trying to process the fact that after all these years, his horrible secret was not a secret any longer. Scarlet was finished speaking, and seemed surprised that Noah was not responding, not even asking why he was being arrested. "'Is there a statement you would like to make, sir?' Noah paused a moment before saying, "'No.' Then, "'Take me away.' "'I don't understand tailgating,' I say, as Lori Collins rolls her eyes. "'I'm finding that people roll their eyes a lot around me these days.' Since Lori and I live and spend a great deal of time together, it happens to be her eyes that do the bulk of the rolling. We're on Route 3, heading toward Giants Stadium, stuck in game traffic even though the game will not actually start for four and a half hours. Here we go, she says, frowning as she addresses the empty back seat. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting Classic Andy Carpenter. Since she thinks I'm going to launch into one of my negative rants, I decide to surprise her and gain the upper hand by not doing so. Instead, I'm going to drop the subject. Except I can't. You mean you like tailgating? I ask her. She nods. I do, Andy. It's fun, the food is usually good, and I like the people. I point across the highway and say, See that place? That's a sports bar. It also has fun, good food, and likable people. You know what else it has? It has heat. Cold weather doesn't bother me. How could that be? It's supposed to bother you. It's bothered people for thousands of years. It's the reason they invented indoors. Lori decides not to continue the debate and instead looks up ahead at the approaching exit and says, 
We're looking for parking lot Blue 11. It will be all the way around on the opposite side of the stadium. Why do you say that? she asks. Because the place I'm going is always on the opposite side. That's how they design these stadiums. We pay for the parking, though when I ask where Blue 11 is, the person taking the money motions that we should talk to the attendant up ahead. We drive up to the attendant, whose sole function seems to be waving a small baton, directing people to keep driving forward. It's lucky they planted him here, otherwise people might decide to drive backward away from the stadium. I roll down the window, letting in the frigid air again. We're looking for Blue Eleven. Other side of the stadium, buddy. I smile at Lori. I rest my case. We drive around to Blue Eleven, a trip which takes slightly longer than it took Lewis and Clark to go wherever the hell it was Lewis and Clark went. That's mainly because they didn't have thousands of cars to contend with, or idiots throwing footballs.